And welcome to a very special episode of Sauce in the City. Last year at this time, I recorded with my grandma, who is my favorite person in the entire world. And um, it actually ended up being a really popular episode. We talked a lot about mental health, specifically how um, you know it was looked at and treated back in the olden days versus now. Um, so if you want to tune into that that episode it's called a christmas carol it's a pun because her name's carol um uh, and it's around this time last year um and this year i wanted to bring her on again because i love her so much unfortunately had to be virtual but no that's just normal these days with covid um and since we talked about mental health last time i thought we'd switch it up a bit and just learn a little bit more about my grandma's life um specifically you know her her parents have a beautiful love story. She has a beautiful love story, so she shares that. And um, yeah, it's just it's a pretty. I mean, at least for me, <laughs> a pretty exciting conversation about just how our um, traditions came to be, and just how incredible she is. And I'm I'm she's a beam of light for me, and I'm sure anyone listening will see will see why. Um, but before I dive into that. Because we don't touch on mental health too much in this episode, I want to just remind everyone how important it is to take care of your own mental health. And I've been doing so in a number of ways, but uh, one thing that's been really helping me has been BetterHelp. And I talk about them every episode because I just really can't say enough good things about um, this platform. It really is has been transformational for me um, in these this past crazy fucking year. Um, so I just can't say enough, again, incredible things. And I really encourage everyone or anyone who is not currently seeing a therapist to check it out. Um, it's virtual online counseling. You can have unlimited talk and text with a licensed therapist and as well as video calls or phone calls, whatever you prefer at your own convenience. Um, and you can get 10% off using my code, which is incredible because it's already much cheaper than regular therapy. So if you want to check it out, you can go to trybetterhelp.com slash Zoe. That's trybetterhelp.com slash Zoe, Z-O-E. You'll get 10% off your first month. So I really, really, really encourage it. I love therapy and I just, I think it, you know, brings out the best in everyone. So again, trybetterhelp.com slash Zoe for 10% off your first month. Now let's get into another Christmas carol. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Solace in the City. I am very excited today to be here with Carol Rosen who is my grandma. Thanks for being here, Grandma. Shall I say? Yes, now you say hi. Hi. From now on, you can answer my questions and say hi. So 
just so you know, you are the first person who I've had on the podcast twice. So this may be redundant for people who have, um, you know, tuned into last year's episode, which was called A Christmas Carol. Um, but not to de- beat a dead horse, I'm going to ask you the same questions for anyone who hasn't listened that, to that episode. Um, so hopefully if you can just, you know, answer them really quickly to give people some background about you. Um, so how old are you? Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Do we start with that? Yes. How old am I, my dear? I'm going to be 87 on May 4th of this year. No, 2021. Yes, that's 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 this year technically. Eighty. <laughs> well, you don't look a day over sixty. It's an uh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working at being vertical. I'm still vertical. That's great. You are still vertical, and you and you look younger, as many would say. And where are you from? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and I had a very I a very wonderful growing up, actually. Um, I was a real city kid. Yeah. Very different from what I have now in the, in the rural area. But it was, mm-hmm. it was a great growing up, great schools, great schools. And uh, yeah, who, who went to your school? You didn't mention this last time. I have very, it's very interesting. It was a very interesting neighborhood, actually, because it was all Jewish and all Italian, the two. And there was nothing else. It was not diverse. It was not, uh, there were uh, uh, no other kids from any other culture at all. It was just, just those two different cultures and very, very different because academically they were very different. Uh, and all the Jewish kids went to college and all the Italian kids, Italian kids went to uh, a lot of vocational preparation, but uh, there was nothing in between. It was interesting, but we all grew up together and we all liked each other very much. We're very close. Well, wasn't there a a very special person who went to your high school? Well, um, I had three very close friends who lived in the neighborhood right in the apartment house right next to my house. Now that I look back on it, um, I don't think I really liked them very much. (laughs) But they were my friends. Those are the people I spent time with. Once I got to high school, we separated and they went their way and I went in another direction. But I'm talking about a person who we both really love, who unfortunately passed away this year. Grandpa. No, Grandma. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know where you were headed. I didn't know where you headed. Oh, oh, well, that was very special. There was one girl who was a raving beauty. Gorgeous, long, curly hair, always held loosely. Uh, most brilliant, the most brilliant student. And she was a year ahead of me. And we were all very friendly. And her name was Kiki Bader. Ruth Bader Ginsburg's name was Kiki to all of us, K-I-K-I. She had no other name. And in the movie that was made about her, there were made two movies, but one in one movie, her husband in the film called her Kiki. So that was her official name. And look at her. We knew, everybody knew that she was going to be famous one day because she was so brilliant. So that was the beginning. And yeah. she lived right near my house. Very, very great alumni to have. I, I must say. So usually my next question would be, what's your story? But the purpose of this podcast is to really 
learn more about your story because last time we talked a lot about mental health. I'm sure we'll, you know, touch on that subject at some points. But uh, yeah, so I wanted to start from the very beginning. Tell me a little bit about your parents. Where were they from? How did they meet? Oh, it's a wonderful history, actually. Um, my dad came here from Austria when he was 12. He was one of four brothers and one sister, and they were very, very poor. And they lived, they settled in the Lower East Side of Brooklyn, of New York, of Manhattan. And they all became professional people, which is uh, amazing. Uh, my mom, I'll tell you more about that in a minute, but my mom came, my mother was born in Brooklyn, actually, oh. but her family came from Poland, from Russian-owned Poland. So the original family was from L-O-D-Z in Poland. I think it's pronounced Wudz. So there's a Polish background, Polish-Russian background with my mom's family and my father's family was uh, Austrian. And you want the story about how they got, they, how they met? Yeah, how did they meet? It's a, it's a wonderful story. Um, my mom was a very, she was very, very beautiful. And she was also a very fine musician. She was a very fine pianist. And she, when she was single, she went to, on her own, I uh, call it a, an adult summer camp where she could meet nice young men. Mm -hmm. So she spent some time there and she met two very handsome young lawyers. One was Henry Redstone and the other one was John Ryman. And she started dating Henry and they dated very seriously and Henry was planning to marry my mother. And she decided at the last minute that she didn't really think she wanted to marry poor Henry. But all of their friends, they had three or four very close male friends, my dad and Henry and two other guys. They sent my father as the, the spokesperson to speak on Henry's behalf to my mother to plead his case. So he invited my mother to take a walk across the Brooklyn Bridge. And this is legend because everybody knows this story except you. They walked across the Brooklyn Bridge and as they were doing that, my, husband, my father was pleading Henry's case. You must not depart from Henry because he's in love with you and he wants to marry you. And my mom, as the story goes, turned to my father and said, but Johnny, it is really you I love. And that was the beginning of this remarkable, really remarkable romance. And they decided that they were going to leave Henry and send him on his way. My father fixed Henry up with my father's golf partner. So he was, Henry was taken care of. And my father said, oh, that was before Henry's um, met uh, the golf partner. My father said to my mother, I cannot marry you until I find a woman for Henry. And it took about three years before he was able to introduce Henry to his future wife. So once Henry was taken care of, my parents married 
and that is the, the beginning, the most wonderful romance. They were married only 15 short years because my father died at the age of 47. And um, they had 15 years together, but 15 remarkable years. Uh, very, very romantic years. I, I remember sitting in the dining room, at the dining room table, and they always kept the music going, beautiful music. And if there was wonderful music, my father would take my mother out of her chair and dance with her in the living room to the music. I remember that. It was very, very romantic. And he wrote her letters. He, he, was, um, he was an attorney. He t had some very important clients in Toronto. And I don't remember where else. It was mostly Toronto, I think. And he used to write these wonderful letters. I still have them. Uh, and he never started a letter to my mother unless he started sweetheart. And he always called her sweetheart. And I have this wonderful, important letter that we're going to read together uh, that he wrote to her. Well, you're going to uh, But they, they had this, this really remarkable time together. And my brother and I always were, we were always aware of their remarkable relationship. One of great respect. My father did very well in his legal practice, and we'll go back a little bit. Uh, you can stop me if I'm wandering. But the most important thing, as I said, he was one of four brothers. And as poor as they were, the oldest one became a pharmacist. The next one became a very successful businessman. The third one was my father, became first a, an accountant, and then he became a lawyer. And then he made enough money to pay for law school for his younger brother. And so all of them did very well. And then my father and his younger brother became law partners in the, in the same law firm. So you can see that the, the urge to do well and be productive was there already. And um, I'm very proud of them. It's a very, very marvelous group. So we can move on from there, but I wanted you to know that. Oh, the other thing is, <laughs> I love to tell this story because your mom knows this story. When they were young and they were going to school and there was no money, they used to sell, he and his brothers used to sell newspapers every morning before going to school. And it was very cold in Manhattan and they only had enough money for one overcoat. So they had one overcoat, which they shared and they each had a certain amount of time in each coat and they would have to switch and when, it got, when the first one got cold, he would give the overcoat to the next brother and all four brothers shared the same overcoat. And that is how they made enough money. So they had pin money and they used to buy potatoes and make a fire in, in the street, in the gutter against the curb of the, of the sidewalk. And then when the fire got hot enough, they would put potatoes in the ashes to make what was called Mickey's. I don't know why they were called Mickey's, uh, but they would, they would, the potatoes would bake. And when they got through selling their newspapers, they were able to break down the fire and they each had a potato. And that was their dinner. So I wanted to go back because it's a great story. Well, now can you read the, uh, can you read the, the letter? I would love to read the letter. This is- Also, wait, how old were, how old were um, your parents when they met? Old, actually. My father was 32 when he married my mother because he had to wait for Henry to have a wife. 
and my mother uh, was only two years younger than he. So my mother, this is very oh, wow. unusual. In those days, when she married my father, uh, she was 30. That is... He was 32 and she was... for that time. <laughs> Not old for now. Much too old, yeah. It was very unusual. But I think she also... I think there was also a problem. My mom had... Um, uh, colitis, ulcerative colitis, and I think she was hospitalized for a while. So that may have set, set them back. So I don't know whether that interfered with their eventual getting together, but uh, it, took, it took a while before they eventually got married. Okay, so I know that you mentioned that your dad wrote your mom a lot of letters. Um, I was hoping you could either or read me one, but also give some background information on where this started. Okay. It's a little bit difficult to read because his handwriting is terrible. <laughs> but this is, I love put the glasses on. The very, very important, the letter is important in our history. Okay. It says on the upper left-hand corner, it says, Glen Island, Lake George, New York. Please notify my, ad my office of my new address. And on the upper right-hand corner, it says, July 1929, wow. Sunday evening, after dinner, time unknown, at its dark. And it starts with sweetheart. We have just found the most delightful spot in the whole world. I have already resolved that from now on, I must spend a part of our next summer here with you. Last night, we spent several hours at Green Mansions. That's a hotel that they stopped at, he and his friends. I, although it was uneventful, it was interesting. The show was fine. The dancing was usual. The crowd was about the same. But we never, ever dreamed about what we had in store for us. Uh, after breakfast this morning at Bolton Landing, about 15 miles from Green Mansions, we unloaded the car and we were, quote unquote, motorboated to our camp, arriving at about 1 p.m. The ride, which was about 10 minutes, was delightful, the lake beautiful, studded with, uh, with uh, lovely, uh, oh, studded with lovely islands. The hills and mountains stand out majestically, looking over the calmer waters. The lake, about 30 miles long and wide, uh, spotted with uh, green islands, and uh, one of these islands is now our home. Did he say that in the letter? What? He said that in the letter? Yes. Wow. It says, we parked. He didn't know that the word was docked, but we parked our canoe. They went with the canoe on, on our private uh, little dock. And immediately we assigned ourselves the various duties that housekeeping calls for. The beds were taken out. Now you have to understand that in those days they didn't have sleeping bags. This is, I, have to, I have to explain this. In those days, you called and you rented 
a camp and the camp was set up for you and they call them it was um each tent was actually on a a wooden platform and then when you reserve those platforms a canvas top was put on and it became something that they called a tentalo instead of bungalow <laughs> so we docked our canoe um, at our private little dock and immediately assigned ourselves the various duties that housekeeping calls for the beds were taken out for a, a, an airing. The floors were washed out. The dishes were cleaned. We have one tentalo for a living and sleeping, living and sleeping quarters, and a large tent for kitchen and dining room. In one corner of the kitchen, we set up our stoves, which we bought in New York, and it looks like a real supply room. The kitchen is provided with a slow, hold on, with a slow burning kerosene stove, and the kitchen is provided with dishes all set out, pots, pans, tools for cooking, table, chairs, and whatnot. The Tentalo has three beds, mattresses, and pillows. Our beds are ready for, um, our beds are now ready for uh, for use after having fixed them with lovely clean white linens. That sounds different than what we do. <laughs> I am waiting. Um, I am writing on the table, on the kitchen table, with the smallest pencil that was ever thrown away. <laughs> Pen and ink cannot be gotten here for love or money. We left our pens at home. Henry and the and Arthur are sitting around the open fire that we built after dinner. We eat two meals a day. I cooked while Henry washed and he cleaned. And these are, um, and there are several kerosene lanterns spread about our grounds, which is a, a very secluded spot facing the lake. We drink the lake water. That's very unusual now because in those days it was clean, it was pure and clean. We drink the lake water and then swim in it. It is very refreshing and cool. Dearest, I went, to, I went into all of these details just to bring out how easy it is to obtain nature's background, nature's background for happiness. I miss you terribly. The charm of this place makes me feel your absence more than anything else in the world. You will probably ask yourself, what is it that I feel, why is it that I feel my love for you so paramount uh, for my complete happiness whenever I go away like this and I am able to tell you so. I'm, it, it's, because, it's because I look, I love you, it's because I love you less it, I'm sorry. It isn't because I love you less. I love you less when I'm with you. This glorious work of nature makes uh, is overpowering. It's overpowering charm. Uh, it is the very soil of love. From it, only loving, lovely things can spring from your belonging here and from your being here with me. The fire is dying down. Only the embers glow, but uh, for the lights on the lake, but for the lights on the lake, 
the this incomplete this oh here it is the, this complete darkness i am going to um i'm going to imagine you beside me sitting by the fire with my arms about you my lips on yours um our feeling of the warmth of your caress darling i don't know how much i love you until i am until how much i can miss you i kiss you sweet and say good night your love john oh grandma that is the most beautiful thing i've ever heard now i know where you get your beautiful writing from oh. I have other letters, Zoe, that I have to share with you. He sent to me when I was a child, actually. And he wrote to me, especially to me. And I'll share that another time. But he, he wrote with such love. I, I think he was, he was an extraordinarily gra gracious and graceful man. And he also was very thankful that out of such poor beginnings, um, he built a life that was filled with love. And he had me and my brother and my mom, and, um, and we were a very strong family unit. Mm -hmm. And for that short period of time, he died at 47. They were married only 15 years. But he, he had 15 extraordinary years with my mom. This is a very, very fine person. Well, I just wanted to give some context to that letter. So for those of you who know me, you know that I've gone to Lake George ever since I was nine months old. Um, it's in upstate New York. It's the most beautiful, perfect place in the entire universe. And my parent or my parents, my mom has been going there. Not going to give her years. Okay, let's just not out her age. But yeah, she was <laughs> for 64 years that was you not me grandma and then you've also been going there with with grandpa but i believe that you restarted the tradition no my parents started it because when i know restarted it like you guys picked it back up because you were yeah my parents started it in the 30s mm -hmm. and then when i married grandpa we started right away. I was lucky enough to marry, marry a wonderful man who loved being outdoors. Otherwise, it never would have happened. And so by the time you guys came, we had four generations. My parents yep. and grandpa and me and your parents and now the grandchildren, four generations, and we never missed a beat. And yeah. we just finished our 64th year until we have our cabin. And that's another it's, story. It's crazy to think about, but in that letter, he says, we he says something like we own a piece of the island or we and it's almost for, like foreshadowing because we do now own a piece of the island rock yeah yeah, yeah. that my children have they wanted to own a rock in lake george and and they do now so that's that's pretty special um thank you for sharing that and i it's a really beautiful letter you should make a book of these or something do very I make well. copies for you. I make copies and you'll have that. You can share it with your family. Amazing. Well, now, Grandma, now I want to ask you a few questions about your life when you were younger. I know that you got married very young, so 
I wasn't so young. I was 21. That's that's young for for now, for now, I'll say. So, but I wanted to know, what was it like dating back then? Ooh, I had a wonderful time. <laughs> I had a wonderful time. I had, um, had a wonderful boyfriend in high school, and his name was Shelley Sislowski. And I kept saying to myself, if I ever married him, I would be called Mrs. Sislowski. It couldn't work. <laughs> but he was a really great great fellow. He was a very fine young man and I could easily have married him. He was just just wonderful, but I really was eager to move on and meet new people. I, I also had another a serious boyfriend when I was in college and I, I was with him for two years. Oh, wow. You did a lot before you were 21. Jeez. I did. I did. But before that, I there was a lot of dating. There was no, we never really had studies in those days. I, I would date four or five different people. Uh, At a time? Well, within the same time period. <laughs> but remember, you know, it was a very different time because there was no sleeping around or anything. It was just dating, going to yeah. the movies and going to uh, the Chinese restaurant and <laughs> uh, maybe parking in a beautiful spot and doing a little hugging. But it was, it was a very different kind of, uh, it was no real commitment. It was just dating. And that was it. And we also dated in groups, double dating and stuff. It was, a, I liked it. It was very nice. Yeah. I mean, it sounds nice. I would enjoy that. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. And how did you meet grandpa? Oh, that's a great story. <clears throat> well, go for it. <clears throat> um, I was dating a doctor at Maimonides Hospital and he took me to a party there, and there was a very nice doctor who was playing the guitar, and I thought, ooh, I'd like to meet this fellow. But before I knew it, he, was, he said, I'd like to take your telephone number. But when he called me, it wasn't for him. He said, I'm actually, he said, I'm, I'm engaged. He said, but I'm calling. I have, I have a friend who would like to meet you. So he introduced me to a friend of his, and his friend took me to the guitar's um, engagement party. So I went to the engagement party and the, the doctor who took me there was a psychiatrist. So we got together with four other psychiatrists and dumped me and I was left free. And there was this... I like how you said you were left free <laughs> instead of left alone. I was left free. <laughs> I, was, you know, I was left to wander around and meet people and there was this very charming, slightly tipsy, <laughs> handsome, single man with a dimple and he had no date. And he kept on bothering me because here I was, I was, I was uh, with my own date with the host's friend. And this fellow, Bob, kept on hounding me for my telephone number. And I said, I can't do that. This is not appropriate. So I, I left and I went home and I said to my mom, I met, I met somebody I would, I, I'm going to marry him. And she said, well, who is he? And I said, I don't even know his name, but I have to see him again. He doesn't even know how to call me. So my mother said, well, call the, call the gal who is going to be married and tell her, it was her, her cousin who kept bothering me. So say, oh, you would like to see her cousin and give him your telephone number. So that Bob called me and 
four weeks later, sorry, eight weeks later, I married him. Yeah. Yes. That is crazy. <laughs> well, he was in the service. He was in the Air Force. And after I, after he called me, he sent me an airline's ticket to fly up to the Air Force Base in upstate New York. I flew up there and we were madly in love and I and we got engaged on that weekend and I married him from the date that I met him. It was eight weeks later and I married him. We were married years. 58, 58 and a half years it lasted. Wow, well that's very special. Hey guys, really quick, I wanted to plug Sakara because they are another one of my incredible sponsors. Um, at this time in the year, I feel like time is just kind of a blur. I mean, granted, this whole year has been kind of a blur, but still, specifically that weird time between Christmas and New Year's, and it's like no one wants to go food shopping, people are traveling, or you know, locally, and you know, COVID cautiously. Um, but no one wants to cook, and I never want to cook. So Sakara has been a lifesaver for me because I can get fully prepared, delicious meals that are super healthy, super nutritious, and just like really great to eat and already prepared for me. So um, if you want to get 20% off your first order, you can use my code. I highly recommend it because the food's delicious and it's super convenient, especially this time. So you can go to sakara.com, order whatever you want, get 20% off by using the code XOZOE at checkout. So that's the code XOZOE at checkout. Check out sakara.com. They have amazing things. I really like the metabolism super powder. I also have their probiotics. They're just delicious. I mean, <laughs> the probiotics are delicious, but the food's delicious and I really like their supplements, but that's just me. Anyways, let's get back to this Christmas carol. So I have a few questions to ask you to wrap up. Okay. First question. Don't wrap up. I'm enjoying this very much. <laughs> Me too, Grams. I told you got a <laughs> got a short time period, but okay. For what in your life do you feel most grateful? Oh, that's that's an easy question to answer, actually, because I'm very, very fortunate that I had. Um, a very happy family, a family life when I was growing up, which was very solid. And I think it gave me a very solid base. And it was a wonderful example for me in my marriage. And I was married to grandpa. Uh, you know, we all had our ups and downs and nothing is a smooth sailing trip. But because my parents worked so hard at and being a very stable couple, they were a good example. And I handled whatever uh, hills and valleys uh, that I had with grandpa. And that's why we were married for such a long time. And that's what I'm most grateful for, that my life has been um, very constructive and has been with its disappointments, it has been a very kind life, and I'm very fortunate for that. So with good health and, and a loving family and my magnificent 
children, my three children and, and the grandchildren they produced, whom I adore with all my heart, look what I have. I, I have a basket full of flowers. Mm -hmm. My, my grandchildren and my children and yeah. and Beautiful. my one daughter married a wonderful Greek guy who is the kindest, <laughs> most wonderful son. I thought you said granddaughter and I was like, who? <laughs> and my other daughter Peggy married another wonderful guy, and they produced they produced two two sons. And and Jamie and Dennis produced two daughters. And so I have this. And Danny. Don't forget Danny. And Danny, yes. Oh, wait, wait, wait. He's like the caboose. He came, he came late. That's right. I have another, I have, well, John married Julie. John is my oldest child. And John married Julie. And Julie, at the age of 40, and never thought she was ever going to have a child. At 40, she calls and she said, guess what? And they produce the caboose. And the so caboose. we have Danny, who is this adorable, red-headed, freckle-faced, wild man. And now he's six feet tall and he's, he's a grown-up and he's 20. I think he's 21 already. Yeah, he's and, and he's the youngest. And so we have, we have five magnificent grandchildren. So I, I, this is what I'm blessed with. I cannot complain. I, I have no complaints. Okay, my next question is for a piece of advice. But so what advice would you give to people on how, I mean, you were married for 58 and a half years? Yeah. What advice would you give to people to have a, like a, a marriage or a romance that lasts that long? Like what advice would you give for love? That's very easy. What is it? Uh, the first lesson my mother taught me is never go to bed with your husband angry. Yep. Very simple. Never go that. to bed angry. But the biggest thing is thoughtfulness toward your partner. As I said, it's never a perfect situation and you can always be angry you can always be frustrated. You can have many disappointments. You can have financial problems, all sorts of stuff. But if you work together as a team and you're kind and thoughtful with each other, that's what makes it work. Grandpa was a pain in the neck. He was really hard. And I, maybe I was too. But we made it work because we didn't give up. I think that's basically what it was. I knew not, not too many of my friends got, got divorced. Many of them had very successful long marriages, but there were divorces. And grandpa and I made a pact that no matter what, we were going to make it work. We weren't going to give up. And the challenges were there, but, but we made it work. And uh, there were ups and downs, but we made it work. And that's, it's patience and kindness. And then being angry and hurt are two things that are very destructive. So you have to ease over it and move on. And I think that's the most important aspect of success in a relationship. That's great advice. Thank you, Grandma.
my last question is, well, I guess second to last question. So what advice would you give to people who are going through a hard time right now, whether it be because of the pandemic, um, because, you know, they're overwhelmed by the holidays? Um, what is your biggest piece of advice for navigating hard times? Ugh. Well, I'm going through that now because I've been alone during the pandemic. So I really don't see anybody because we all have to isolate ourselves. I think that companionship is so important. Uh, not having human contact is very, very unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have to get out of this terrible time. This is a very difficult time because you need to have human contact. It doesn't have to be a lover, but it, but friendship is important and family. Family is very important if you, if you can make that work. So I, the advice is uh, try to keep up your connections. Um, don't let them slide. Be of support with each other, to each other. Um, it will pay off in the end, but, but doing it alone, going it alone is, is not easy and you have to make it easier on yourself. So hold on to your connections, your family connections and your friendship connections and work on them Yeah, yeah. and make them and then give to them, gives to them. I love that. Okay. Now my last question, and since I've already asked you the the usual five questions I do, I'm going to switch it up and say, what are you most excited about for in 2021? Um, no, this was such a very difficult year that I, I don't, I, I'm not excited about going to Florida. I'll tell you Because <laughs> <laughs> the doors of my travel have closed. So I'm, I'm, I'm not excited about that, but I'm, I'm excited that I'm going to be with your parents for a little while. It's going to be wonderful. I don't know if they'll say the same. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I, but the only what I'm excited about is that I have uh, five adult grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah. You have all been on hold now because everything in your lives has been taking a breath, waiting for everything to come back to normal. And what I'm excited about is that when this is all over, life for all of you will take a deep breath and you can start again. And that's what I'm excited about because I expected good, I expect exciting things for you guys. So I think it's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be an, an explosion. I really do. I'm excited to hug you. That's what I'm excited about. Uh -oh. God, I just, I would give my life to be able to do that. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I'm sure everyone's going to love this episode. And um, with your permission, if they want to reach out to get some, you know, wisdom, <laughs> I'll pass along your email and hopefully you know how to navigate it. <laughs> I will. I will. I have a copy of grandpa's, of my, of my father's letter. Good. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe people will want it. All right. Well, thanks, Grandma, and bye, everyone. I love you. Bye. Good luck to everybody. Have a good life. Bye. Mm -hmm.